0: off the ball
1: it's not okay for him to be fine in a test match like that it's a fulcrum position where everything runs through nine and ten you don't get to be fine in in matches like that where you start subscribe to the rugby stream on the otb sports app now
2: the news round on off the ball with Gillette in association with Movember effortless shave magnificent mo this is news talk
1: now then, you're welcome along So, Stack show this evening. Andy Dunn, Jerry Thornley reunited on Monday Night Rugby. We have Pat Nevin, who's over in Qatar. England minus their one-love armbands off to a very assured start against Iran. Wales kicking off as we speak. Dion Fanning will be in studio for the football show after 9.53106, the text number. We're out off the ball on Twitter. Michael McCarthy here in studio. Hello. Hey, Joe. How are you? Very well. Richie McCormick, good evening. Evening gents, how are you? Great, the 7 o'clock fixtures fall quite nicely for us Michael I was worried they would be 8 o'clock fixtures in which case we would be wrapping up the show as full time was pretty much on the button but actually, join us at 9 all the games will be done, we'll have an hour to peruse Yeah, absolutely and look, I mean, will we be
0: abandoning some of the rest of the show and some of the nuts and bolts will you know, so we can watch these (laughs) 7 o'clock games Stay tuned (laughs) I would say you know he's out hearing weird things on the air or stuff just isn't getting fixed or whatever you know you could probably blame me for it but like who wouldn't will.
1: be out there watching the World Cup I would dare say a few penalty shootouts are going to fall on
0: our watch as well oh that's good if point, you're in the crowd hadn't thought of that yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I haven't gone that far I've definitely I haven't got out of group stages yet it's hard enough for me to get into the group stages at the moment but. I have mapped it all out
1: I'm very aware I have a wall chart at home I've already filled in the results. <laughs> today so uh, there you go and who's winning it England thus far oh
0: sorry does in far. your wall chart oh you're sorry you're not you are sorry you didn't do the prediction wall chart oh for God's sake no no too busy for that real time <laughs> real time real time's bad enough
1: measure how you get on at the end of the World Cup versus yeah, how, what no. the real results were no it's already been quite the two days yeah Gianni Infantino has a capacity to feel like no other human being in the history race there's nothing he can't feel like. Uh, that was quite something. And then yesterday, day one, uh, reports of horrific traffic. So I, I thought that this would be a, you know, 200 billion World mm. Cup. I would have thought there'll be smooth infrastructure. Nothing but, but smooth sailing, yeah. Apparently, really genuinely quite poor. And that's not an aspect which affects the global audience overly. So no one's that worried, I suspect, uh, around the world. But that, you know, it's kind of surprising. And then. The halftime departure of many, many, half, half many. The, stadium? of the stadiums. Half the stadium. uh, uh, quarters, yeah. Qatar abysmal on the field. Asian champions. I know Ireland beat them at the Aviva 4 0. We don't beat everyone 4 0 at the Aviva, but they were genuinely abysmal. And then we had Mohamed Bil Salman and Infantini. Yeah. Gianni Infantino hanging out. Because, because we should keep politics out of football sometimes. I suppose that was quite striking because for the Russia-Saudi Arabia match at the last World Cup, Putin was there with bin Salman and our fearless FIFA leader. And so that made a degree of sense. But obviously Saudi Arabia were not playing today. Mm. And 2030 is looming. And so his presence alongside Infantino uh, spoke volumes. Yeah. And that was... A, you know, a striking thing, which we might chat to Dion about later on. And then of course there's the one love armband situation. I've just seen on ITV, at had a tweet of Roy Keane and uh I haven't heard him talk too much about the human rights issues in advance of the tournament, but he was certainly saying Harry Kane, Garrett Bale, they really should have stuck to their guns here. This is a mm. real The climb FAs in. should have. Yeah.
3: It's, it's it's the it's the FAs who basically stepped in and said, Oh, our players might get bookings here. This is really like, oh, we have to think about this. And there's a couple of things in that. It's like the One Love armband was wishy-washy in itself in that it wasn't nailing its colours, for want of a better term, to the LGBTQ plus mar- uh, 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 mask because it wasn't necessarily officially affiliated with that cause. It was just a, hey... Can't we all get along kind of gesture, which happened to share some of the rainbow colours and FIFA said that would have fallen and fell out of their rules. And if you contrast that with what Iran's players and fans did in the stadium today prior to kick-off, whereby none of the players sang the anthem, a lot of the bench didn't either, and their own home fans whistled uh, and jeered the anthem. And you think what might await those players and indeed their families or whoever they might might know back home as they try and stand up to a regime not wearing an armband for fear of getting booked is particularly cowardly yeah. and particularly sad uh, to see that they can't even make the most s- smallest of gestures uh, here they went ah, we might get a book and i don't think we'll do it and you see the iranian players doing what they did and you kind of your heart is full of pride for them and you see like women in the crowd with uh, you know the iranians and and they're crying at the gesture that's being made and there's England and Wales going, oh, Gareth might miss a group game, or Harry might miss a group game, we better not do this. Because
1: I, really I thought the threat of the yellow card was yeah. almost perfectly set up for Kane and Bell. England in particular are going to cruise through the group. Yeah. Harry Kane's not the type of player that gets booked all that often. And suddenly the wishy-washy is my exact, I think it tweeted as much phraseology of what this armband was in advance yeah. of the tournament. I think we all scoffed at the the armband idea. It seemed so... Pitiful and mm. meaningless and consequence-free. But Suddenly, inadvertently, FIFA imbued it with a certain yeah. sense of gravitas, and they wilted. They did quite In badly. The, wilt. Like, I mean, yeah. I am
0: sorry, but the FA, you are right to mention the FA's Richie. Like, you know, there is like, hold on, this now affects football. We'll have to find another way to protest. I think was that's a paraphrase quote from yesterday, but it's not too far off. Like, it was that bad, you know. And then today, I think we have to keep responsibility on the players. Adult men who can make these decisions for themselves, you go out and you take that yellow card. Big deal. You know what I mean? That makes a gesture out of it. It makes it something real. It makes it a conversation around the world. Instead, they just said, absolutely not. We're here to play football because ultimately you've proven that your wishy-washy empty gesture was a wishy-washy empty gesture because you weren't able to stand up to a nothing. Like FIFA... Uh, speaking of wishy-washy it was a wishy-washy punishment oh no that's what I'm saying oh, you know was, what I mean it was, oh, sorry, almost I the
1: it was an absolute ideal consequence a yellow card for Harry Kane was perfection yeah if they had said we will deduct you four points then it I can see how that becomes a very serious conversation behind the scenes but a yellow card for Harry Kane or for Gareth Bale that is beautiful. That I'm means- disgusted by them.
0: I have to say, I yeah. think that it is, I think cowardly is the word, and I think that it is, it's not even that it's cowardly, it shows to me that anything they're talking about, and I've seen a lot of this over so far in the World Cup, it's mentioning these issues for the sake of being seen to mention these issues, and I think that when it comes down to it, you've proven you couldn't give a shit. And that's what I, sorry for my language there, right, <laughs> but... <coughs> That is, I think, what it's come down to here, because you haven't stood up for again, not to repeat myself, but the smallest possible punishment that they could they, that that they could have gotten for it and they wouldn't even do that. So where is this? Where where is this stance the common, that they're taking yeah. for the good of the human and race? The common
3: response you'll see the common response you'll see is, Oh, it's their country, you have to respect their societal laws or their societal mores. And you're talking about it, it's not as if like it's a societal more for somebody to, I don't know, wear gloves while driving at all times. It's a societal norm for them to literally oppress gay people uh, to the point of arrest or punishment or whatever else they want to do. And you're talking about a world where at the moment in a so-called free country at the weekend, there were gay people slain for being gay. And then you don't have teams who have a wishy-washy gesture like this and they can't stand over it
1: for fear of a bucking. Yeah, I'm a bit it's surprised. Losing. I'm a bit surprised that the booking put them off that much. Like I said, a genuine and very significant deterrent would have been a points deduction, which puts yeah. your.
0: No, and that that's fair. There's a different conversation there, totally, John. Yeah. Like I think a completely different but, conversation. But
1: there. It almost actually, initially, when I heard it was a yellow card, I thought, well, this actually does play into the hands of these European countries because this now upgrades the wishy washy armband to something with some gravitas. There is the image of a of a referee having to walk over to Harry yeah. Kane and hold the card aloft. Yeah. Eyeballs on that. Then it's it's something don't get me wrong. It's still not iconic, but it's it's something a bit more than no, what it was memorable what, what it was going it's to a be. Moment. It's a moment. Yeah. yeah. Uh, whereas Richie says and I totally agree with you Richie, the uh, moment of the day is the Iranian woman in tears applauding her national team not singing the anthem. Yeah. Ooh. That was amazing. Powerful. That was... Honest, that was... That will do very well to be beaten as the moment of the World Cup. Mm. And it doesn't matter that Iran went out and got spanked 6-2. It doesn't matter that they won't get out of the group. She... I just captured something. And she understood, as Richie said, that's not a, I suspect, a consequence-free gesture on the part of those players. I don't think so, no. And so when you contrast that with all the... um, Talk of England and Southgate and Kane to a degree has talked about the importance of this armband and wearing mm-hmm. this armband in advance of the. Where are they when World they're Cup. needed? Once there was the, a scintilla of a consequence, not even a significant one, folded, abandoned priorities are very much to the fore. So it's kind of like. We'll talk about the football obviously as well yeah. Pat and Evan, but for this tournament where we wondered once the football starts, will all the politicking feel suddenly very irrelevant or, yeah. or small? Almost the inverse of that in a way and because the football was so uh, bad <laughs> football
0: was awful yeah uh well like Igna were good but again they were playing against a team who weren't in their in their league whatsoever okay. and yesterday was abysmal uh can I just mention one thing about like the the uh, it being over there and the football taking over i feel like that's happened very easily for a lot of the people that i've seen in Qatar so far. Now, and I don't mean the journalists that we'll speak to, I mean on TV. So you're talking about, like, the BBC halftime coverage. Like, it would be a surprise to nobody, but it was like, it was just giddy. I can't
1: believe we're winning 3-0. This is bad. I sort of disagree with you on that.
0: Okay, no, that's fine. That's fine. But but the other person we talk, spoke about, we spoke about on the show last week or two weeks ago, and you said, will this be a permanent stain on him Is Gary Neville, right? And working for B in Sports. And I actually was almost offensive of him I would say in that like I just think that there's you know he could have these genuine opinions plus he can do this and he might not see the you know the contradiction I don't know but just reading his quotes I I watched this as well but should I have his quotes here from how he Dealt with the question on being sports yesterday when he made his first thing right. You're like you're like Dunphy here in Venables. Put on your glasses. Uh, yeah, hold on, he got. has got to come here to Little Paddyland. Okay. He says if you're from England, you're not going to go. You're not quite going to think the same as you will over here in Qatar. I think that's the reality of it. The workers who built these stadiums do need thanking and honouring in the right way. The football is here. It's the greatest sports tournament in the world. There should be an, a World Cup in an Arab country. There should be a World Cup in a Muslim country. There should be a World Cup in the Middle East that's a fact in football we should also challenge and scrutinise the things that go in go on in every country that is playing in ours and then including Qatar right okay for me the workers who built these stadiums do need tanking and honouring in the right way and then back to the how great the football is and how much we need this that is one of the I think one of the most cynical gross comments I can ever remember hearing from someone who sees himself as an activist. He's going on there to say, we're going to gloss over this but I have to say something about the worker thing. But it's like, in his, he that's not about six and a half thousand people who are dead. That is about me being seen to mention the thing that I said out uh, that people want me to say on, on Be In while still having this cowardly comment about how, you know, we have to respect other cultures and we have to get on with the football. Mm. You know, like, that's Gary Neville. So, Whatever you think about him, we're not going to expect anything, anything more from any of the other pundits if that's how Gary Neville is behaving. Yeah, I did
1: sort of share a similar sentiment that when, when you're saying things like, theoretically, we need to talk about what's happened here, that's a good time maybe to do it. Yeah. Like to say, because I've said to you, I think the best opportunities for people to make their mark almost in the Qatar World Cup will be... Their first time on air, where they're asked a broad question about the situation, and the yeah. closer when they're asked what kind of World Cup this has been. And he was given an open question by Richard Keyes in the clip. Mm-hmm. And I think you have to take your moment there, take your 30, 40, 50 seconds sitting beside John Terry, who's not going to say it, or Andy Gray on the other side to say, I don't know how many workers died, but clearly thousands did. Mm-hmm. Uh, the reports have been shameful. The treatment of workers in this country, and I'm speaking to you down a in Sports lens. Treatment has been abysmal and this country needs to think about the way it's treating workers and nothing was done and there's blood on the hands of people in this country and there's blood in these stadiums. Yeah. You know, Something some akin that it, whereas as you said it was a bit more of a look that needs to be talked about. Obviously not here at this perfectly appropriate place to talk about it, <laughs> but at another time. No exactly yeah you put your finger on exactly what the problem is there.
0: Yeah exactly. He said it so that people watching in England and the UK and yeah, Europe yeah, yeah. will say it and he goes oh, oh he did he did allude to it mm. but that's not that's not based on a real feeling you know and that, that really I don't know I'm just very
1: very I know you're. pissed off with it We have grandstanded enough for one opening to a show uh, Richie the <laughs> news round is brought to you with Gillette in association with Movember Effortless shave, Magnificent Mo you can sign up or donate now at Movember.com and you are starting with the World Cup. So, Wales, 64 years away.
3: Yeah, and the 16 minutes played in Al Ryan tonight, and it's still scoreless between the United States and Wales that game in Group B. Uh, Wales playing their first game, as I say, in 64 years at a World Cup finals. Earlier in the group, as you mentioned, England thrashing Iran by six goals to two. Pekai Osaka scored two of those with Jude Bellingham, Raheem Sterling and substitutes Marcus Rashford and Jack Grealish also finding the net today. But manager Gareth Southgate has distanced himself from the decision to abandon the one-love armband. The English FA took the decision to fall in line with FIFA's rules regarding such gestures due to threat of bookings. Other federations, like the Welsh and Dutch, have also backed down from wearing the armband, but Southgate says the decision came from above his head.
2: It's not something that the players or myself have been involved with over the last 24 hours. Um, those discussions have been ongoing between several European nations and FIFA. <clears throat> I actually, I do understand FIFA's situation in that you can set a precedent and it's very difficult then, where do, where do you draw a line? So, um, yeah, I think um, in an ideal world that that would have been a much clearer situation earlier, but it's not something that's been a distraction for us because we, as, as I said, Yesterday, we had to uh, focus on the football. you know there's so much else going on, um, but we can't be involved in that now we 've got to just concentrate on performances, concentrate on our training, um, and especially to the players you, you know it's it's not for them to have to deal with that. People know what we stand for people know this group of players you know we're taking the knee because it's something we feel we can make a difference with, and there are some things that I'm not sure we're going to be able to make a difference with, and therefore we should channel our energies in the right directions. He is
1: a perfect, calm, decent, well, you know, well-meaning, he think, himself as decent, measured he, uh, human. I think he's not a bad figurehead, Gareth. So I think, to be fair to him, it is easier for us to sit here. He's in the thick of it. How much disruption does he want to cause for his team? they are there to win a world cup. I saw suggestions maybe he could have worn the armband and take the yellow every game.
0: Yeah. I saw Alex fine. Scott wearing it on BBC actually. Um but she, she doesn't have right. she doesn't have anything to lose. Oh no, absolutely not. I'm just saying that there was, you know, it wasn't just the players that could have made a gesture, but Yeah, I just look, I mean I don't know why why didn't they just why didn't does Harry Kane have to lead out the team every every game if you're worried about suspensions?
1: Oh, that's a great point. Yeah, you could get you could move it around Switch although the captain, yeah. you would feel like you know am I the worst player on the team if I'm going out first <laughs> with the Man this time well no you're trusted not to get another yellow card in the other two games yeah you know Jordan Pickford won I wouldn't trust him not to get a yellow <laughs> yeah, that's a fair point yeah. actually I just the thought worst, I the worst first, name isn't? you could have gone with first Yeah, Harry Maguire we want you to lead out the team today. <laughs> and next week, actually. <laughs> Probably a good show after the yeah. England, uh, very assured. I was thinking watching the game as they just completely bossed it and dominated. Like there was a time in very recent history where the golden generation would be outplayed by Trinidad and Tobago. You know, no, that Lampard is, and Gerrard point, yeah. running around against their midfield three and just being completely outplayed at these tournaments. Whereas they have it down now. Just the technical levels of English football have gone through the roof. Bellingham, brilliant. What a header. Uh, Bakayocaka, yeah. Welcome to the big time. That was a good. Amazing. That was a good selection call. You have to yeah. say it wasn't straight. It wasn't um, automatic. The Raheem Sterling finish was exceptional. Harry Kane, brilliant. by the way, was a provider extraordinaire. I mean, he was he was brilliant. This is not Harry Kane out of form, didn't score at the Euros. This is Harry Kane bang in form. And then even just the Grealish goal, like in some respects, there's nothing that dramatic or, or new about it. But it's a team in flow where it's the the ball played I think is it Rashford who flicks it to Bellingham and Bellingham first time and Wilson you know it, it's all it's all really prescribed and worked out and Wilson is already spinning and turning as the ball is flicked to Bellingham like and that look that type of um exchange of forward and back and forward and mm. player further at the pitch spins in behind again that, that you know there's academies all over the world who implement that and it's it's not complex but when it's when it's put together that brilliantly um, it's very hard to stop, and then in, in Wilson's composure and back to Grealish and its tap in. I mean, and Rashford's goal was really yeah. well taken as well. So they did concede too. They did. so Okay. Well in fairness, came out like speaking to the BBC straight after
0: it was like fuming. Yeah, it was like we we have to be better. We can't be do. We can't be giving away goals like that. And you know, I I think you're right though. I think the the days of England being at a level where they might not go, necessarily go any further in the World Cup but the days of them not being able to go out and just take care of business against a much inferior team are gone. Yeah, They're, just, they're, they're a different style of good.
1: Southgate's, uh, yeah, yeah totally. Southgate's I guarantee you only fixated on the two goals conceded and there was a volley in the first half at Luke Shaw's side where they were completely outnumbered because he knows England in a semi-final or quarter-final might score one. So I still wouldn't be surprised if he goes to a back five. He went with a four today because he knew England would have all the ball and four three three fine. Mm. He may well do that for the whole group stage. Surprised he went with,
0: like I know he McGuire. actually played well and you know he's con- we he's don't, don't he's off with a concussion now. But I just he's played so little football and his form has been so bad. And you only have
1: two. I was more surprised he went with Sterling actually. Yeah, I know you really like Sterling again. But Foden, it's like like Sterling. He has the thing though, doesn't he? Yeah, Maguire Sarge. looks like.
3: Maguire looks like he was caught out for the for the first goal for Iran. And that will be a worry because they will they will come across better teams uh, than Iran during this, this World Cup. And the way he was caught out, but like basically his spatial awareness is lacking of pace trying to track back in that instance uh to uh, allow to score that goal was really worrying if you're an England fan. And it should be like regardless of a six two win, because you're gonna come up against a decent side in the quarterfinals, uh, possibly a France, I think someone like that. But
1: um Yeah, France.
3: Yeah yeah it's, it's like it. that would be a worry but they don't have like you mentioned they don't have many options in defence to go and rectify that problem
1: yeah so we'll talk to Pat Nevin I think he was at the game at that stadium he was at the Ecuador uh, game yesterday oh so right saw the England game today okay Plenty so of legroom. E-
0: Ecuador and Qatar game <laughs> yeah.
1: may not get too much into the Ecuador <laughs> performance with them somebody says the pontificating of the British and English media in particular has been difficult to take. What a shallow share of hypocrites. First hurdle, they crumble. Somebody says, they should have worn the armb- armband. They could have had different players wear the armband every match to limit the suspension aspect. Great show as always. guys. says, German, yeah, Mick made that point as well. It's a great point. And then somebody, Connor, says, Iranian players stood up to Aitola's. English players run from yellow cards. I mean, That did exacerbate the feeling that they had really crumbled when the Iranian players stood up the way they did.
0: Yeah, absolutely. In that game, especially. It should be pointed out, though, that England aren't the only ones who can protest in this World Cup. We seem to be fixated on were first They said they would, and Wales have obviously said they wouldn't either. But, like, I mean, there's all. Everyone should be.
1: We played the clip, or Richie, you played on Newsround a couple of weeks ago. The Welsh manager was saying in the strongest possible terms, we will wear that armband. And there was like a real, we won't be cowed out there kind of aspect to yeah. it you know
0: I wonder why well, you said it as recently as
3: yesterday
1: yesterday yeah so you know
0: yeah. why are shows. they all on board here why is Southgate saying like I understand where FIFA are coming from I just wonder Like, don't forget like it's a small area everyone's out there together you just wonder is there other stuff
1: going on I well, don't he, have any information on that I by know the that. way I'm not he said thinking. I understand where FIFA are coming from in that if they set this precedent it never ends but I don't think Garcic should be worried about that yeah
0: that's future FIFA's problem to worry about. Yeah, Not Wales, as you like, you just mentioned, the words of before, they knew there was probably going to be some sort of backlash from FIFA mm. and then
1: immediately wilting. thing. Mm. I just wonder why. Uh, Richie, we're obviously all still coming down from the Irish game last night. It was uh, <laughs> a thriller in Malta. <coughs> Yeah, we should mention the Dutch beating
3: Senegal by two goals to nil. Those goals coming late in the game from Cody Gakpo and Davy Classen. But yeah, Stephen Kenny says it was important that his side kept a clean sheet last night. They ended the year, the Republic of Ireland, with a 1-0 drab victory over Malta. And the only goal of the game came fortuitously for Callum Robinson in the second half. Kenny admitting afterwards that the game wasn't one to remember.
1: It was important to keep a clean sheet tonight. Two games, tough games in three days. Norway game was uh, had a high
3: level of intensity and you know it was a very tactical game and really uh, took a lot out of the players I felt you know I think we learned a lot in that Norway game and it paid us a lot of respect tonight Malta no game in international football away from home is easy to win and one of the things about Malta is that their improved record recently seemed to have got some decent results recently so there's a little bit of a resurgence there there's no doubt the match itself wasn't a classic far from it uh, but we're pleased that we got a clean sheet and there some good aspects to it. But we played, we've played a lot better than lost. Do you know what I mean? We played a lot better than lost.
1: World Cup's on. It will completely overshadow this international week for Ireland. But it's been a bad one. It, it's been a worryingly bad one ahead of next year. You have to yeah. say that that we're still here, this close to qualification. There've been, you know, so much understanding around what Stephen Kenny's trying to do. But last night it was poor, and then the first half the other evening I don't think Didier Mann was wrong in anything he said it was really bad it just was you just can't play football like that where it's keeping the ball you're going nowhere zero penetration zero advancement of the pitch it's It's so so comfortable for the opposition yeah as you said so slow and then Norwood get the ball two three passes they're moving they're doing something it's worrying you can see it throughout yeah 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 it is I suppose uh, if you were looking for a
0: positive it would be the 20 minutes before the goal against Norway and say right this is how Ireland play when there's that urgency that's possibly needed and that we might have more against the big teams like France and like Netherlands and even Greece you know they're the performances that need it but I just it's so hard to come out with any positives after watching that crap last night like you know it was so yeah, You're very grumpy today Sorry my language You're allowed to use crap aren't you? I, should, I shouldn't have said the other word earlier. You said it with a certain... You should have thrown your pen as you said <laughs> it. <isn't that? laughs> For publicity. <laughs> uh, no, I, I just... It's so hard watching us, Ireland. And this is a, an issue with all through Stephen Kenny's regime, like not being able to play against these awful teams. Now, the difference is like Ireland dominate these games in a way that they didn't before, but they were winning them more easily before when we were like, you know, in the Mick McCarthy, Martin O'Neill etc days you know but it's just they're they're struggling so much against these teams and like if it wasn't for like a howler of a goalkeeper mistake Ireland wouldn't have won that game last night I don't think we were ever going to
1: break them down
0: it never felt like we would
1: and I know the recent Malta record was mentioned there but they are 119 places below Ireland nonetheless Uh, and
0: also it was they didn't even he didn't try anything you know like Jeff Hendrick played in both games it was you know John Egan Josh Cullen Nathan Collins uh, Callum Robinson like the 90 minutes in
1: both games for I, these I guys you know? so, I sort of I see where you're coming from I sort of don't mind that now because I think the age of experimentation is over there are massive games next up like yeah. the, I don't care there's no point in trying anyone now you have what you have you've done what you've done we need to be ready now this is it the next time they all get together it's France it's rock and roll yeah. there might be a friendly before that but it, really it's rock and roll so, sure I know I know but I don't even mean play Nobody but, but you gotta keep Jeff Hendrick happy. You gotta you gotta keep a sense of momentum or continuity. You didn't
0: think that we should have a look at Will Smallbone over the course of a full international window. Not especially. Like he's playing better than Jeff Hendrick in the championship. You
1: know what I mean? I'm not saying he's a better option for Ireland, he doesn't have the experience, etc. But unless Tim Kenny thinks he's a very realistic chance of playing against yeah, okay. France. No, probably not at this stage. Like it's it's here, you know. Um, Rich, we have news of Johnny Sexton, so injured in the warm-up, of course, the weekend.
3: Yeah and he's going to miss Leinster's URC meeting with Glasgow this Saturday the Ireland captain ruled out with a calf injury that forced him out of the win over the Wallabies at the weekend a potential replacement for Sexton this weekend is Harry Byrne who has recovered from a hamstring injury in better news for Leo Cullen Jordan Larmer and James Lowe step up their recoveries from respective foot and calf injuries this week Leinster scrum coach Robin McBride was in front of the media today paying tribute to the newly crowned World Rugby Player of the Year Josh van der Flier.
0: Yeah great great um, and he's He's a top bloke as well, do you know what I mean? Um, uh, yeah, he's very, he's the most humble fella, I think. Um, so, no, chuffed to bits for him. And uh, thoroughly deserved as well, you know. He's one of the most consistent performers week in, week out. Very reliable.
1: Does his homework, does his, his diligence, you know, off the field, is second to none. Um, so, yeah, chuffed to bits for him. Rich, if you can find anyone who doesn't think Josh Van der Fleer is the nicest man in the world, do less. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's
0: uh,
1: exactly. well deserved. He's,
3: he's very popular dude.
1: Yeah. We're gonna be positive about that though. I know we're out of time, but Go just on. just in
0: case. No, no, I don't have anything specific to say, but just in you calling me a grumpy old man or whatever. I was gonna be very positive about an incredible achievement of Josh Van der Fleer being world player of the year. Even the way you're saying that sounds like you're complaining. Complain to you, <laughs> Josh. Man, the world player of the year. It's a disgrace. He's a codpill. What, what are your
3: tone saying to you?
1: What? Don't be putting words in my mouth. No, his tone there. Don't be putting... <laughs> don't be analysing me like that. Um, Richie, we're done. Thank you. Nice lads. Michael, Cheers. thanks very much. Yeah, you say that now.